Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome in to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on a Wednesday morning, May 3rd, 2023, also known as Trace de Mayo. So that means 3rd of May, Trace de Mayo. Uh, 37 degrees in the capital city on our way to the mid-70s today, so we will take that and look at this. I only see wind speeds the middle of this afternoon at like 8 miles an hour, 6 miles an hour. So uh, uh, so enjoy that. That should, be, uh, that should be very nice throughout the course of the day today. Uh, on a Wednesday morning, that means it's a What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. So we'll jump into that here. Coming up at 7.10, a little bit later in the show, 8 o'clock hour, we will talk to the Lincoln Symphony Orchestra. They'll be here for their season-finishing concert and we'll talk to Anton Miller and Ed Polachek from Lincoln Symphony Orchestra coming up at about 8.10. You never want to miss it when Ed is in here and Anton together is uh, quite the team. And then uh, 8.35, we will talk to John Bishop. He'll join us uh, at the end of the show today. So we are uh, set to go on a busy day. And, well, it is all over uh, except, well, except about 3,700 ballots. But the results... Uh, of, of the vast majority of the races look like they are going to be set. There are margins that are large enough in those that don't look like we are going to have a big change in results. Uh, obviously, if you didn't hear it there the last few minutes, uh, Mayor Lyrian Gaylor Baird has won re-election. Uh, 42,072 votes to 35,404. Again, about 3,700 ballots yet to be counted in that race. About 3,000 of those are early vote ballots. About 700 are provisional ballots. So they'll be counted later this week, according to the Lancaster County Election Commissioner's Office. And uh, the Democrats will retain a supermajority on the city council as well. Uh, James Michael Bowers has an 800-vote lead over Taylor Wyatt right now. Uh, I suppose in, in te- technically there's still a possibility. I don't know how many of those 3,700 votes are from District 1. I suppose technically there would be a chance that could change. But if the early vote numbers kind of look like what they did throughout the beginning of that race, James Michael Bowers will retain his seat. Tom Duden uh, will be the lone Republican on the council. Uh, 15,100 votes to Bailey Fights, 12,351 votes. Justin Carlson. Uh, Democrat will take over in District 3, about 11,000 votes to about 7,000 votes over Alina Newman. And then in District 4, Brody Weber, 6,300 votes to Wayne Reinwald's 4,400 votes. And then in uh, Board of Education, uh, Piyush Sreeva, I know why they went for his first name on those on those signs. Uh, I apologize for not getting it quite right here. Hopefully I will. Sreeva Stav, uh, 7,900. Emily Pollins, 5,200. Uh, Annie Mumgard retains her seat, 33, about 3,400 to about 2,300 for Elena Brulette. Uh Bob Rahner, Dr. Bob Rahner, 8,000 to about uh, about 5,000 votes against Richard R. Aldag, the fourth. 
So that's what we've got. And uh, the top two vote-getters in the airport authority race uh, are Chris Stokes and Chris Hove. There, we got the two Chris's who won that. So uh, after all of that, all of the dollars put in, all of the commercials, I I, I read a... Uh, I had never talked to our sales team here. I should have asked them this, but I saw 1011 ran a story, and they were looking at some of the numbers that they had in ad buys for the mayor's race this year, and they said, their newsroom said to their news team for their story that they had gotten about nine times the ad buys that they had seen from four years ago when you had the Larry and Gaylor Baird versus Cindy Lamb race, just to give you an idea uh, if you thought there was more media on this thing, that's at least one piece of evidence that said your eyes and your ears weren't fooling you on that. So the I, I think, you know, I expected, especially in the mayor's race, I expected this thing, you know, we talked about it yesterday, that maybe you would still be counting votes this morning or still on the line on who was going to win this morning. Uh, obviously not there at this point with the margin between the two candidates being uh, about seven, a little under 7,000 votes right now here at this point, which actually, uh, if if that total holds or if that increases in terms of the margin, that'll be the largest margin of victory in a mayor's race, um, with the exception of the Beitler-Buffington race. But uh, but beyond that, it'll be the largest margin of victory in a mayor's race since I've been doing the show. They don't have on the website anything earlier than the... Uh, the Beitler Sabota race, but every single other race was closer than that. So it, I expected something close. It ended up not being particular close, at least in the context of other mayors' races so far. Um, Mark, anything else I missed just in terms of, of the facts and people knowing what's going on here this morning? Oh, I think the, uh, the one thing that we can always look at is the early vote came out very strong for Gaylor Baird, um, almost double what it was for Geist election day the other way around, but not enough Geist uh, out uh, polled Gaylor Baird on election day by about uh, 2,500 votes, but mm-hmm. the early vote uh, was more than double. So that's the early vote. The Democrats are getting out. Uh, the Republicans are not election day. The Republicans aren't showing up in strong enough to uh, numbers to out, uh, count that early Democrat push. And then in terms of numbers, how about voter turnout? 44%. Yeah. 44%, uh, which may not sound high standing on its own, but compared to other city elections, that's, that's up quite a bit from what we've seen. I, I don't, I don't have stats again going back before the, the mid aughts on that, but that's higher than we've ever seen in a city, in an equivalent city general election where the mayor's race is up there. So 77,812 ballots were cast uh, between election day and early votes on, on that one. So, so there you go. That's Actually, what that got. number went up just a little bit in that uh, latest number. It's up to 77,655. So. Uh, I have 77,812. So mine's higher. Oh, there's, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's some undervotes and overvotes. They're still oh. trying to determine. Okay. That, so. All right. All right. Well, yep. You're right. <laughs> that, yeah, that one, I, I just pulled that, but that, there hasn't been any updates since 1010 last night, though, uh, at least in Lancaster County, Link, excuse me, on the, uh, uh, on the 
election commissioner's website so far. So not sure when the the latest drop of ballots will be. But again, I don't really see any races that that looks like a serious chance of of overturning. There just wasn't anything close enough to probably be within that margin, that 3,700 total votes and then a portion throughout the districts, depending on because, of course, city council races didn't have everyone voting on them. So there'll be another uh, vote drop today and then the final on Friday. Okay, so. There you go, and uh, we move, we move forward now um, with uh, with city business. But uh, you know, uh, I don't know how you you really say much other than this thing uh, on this thing, especially in these city government elections. That it was a uh, a, a very good night, and again, the Republicans did get uh, uh, Duden, Tom Duden. Uh, in the city council, he had a pretty good sized win over Bailey fight in that district two race, but. You've, he is going to be out of the legislative and the executive branch, the one sole Republican at this point that is, uh, that is going to be sitting in the next, for the next four years, well, for the next two years. I suppose that could change with some of the other city council elections when the at large bids come up. Uh, but a, a big victory for Democrats last night at the polls as well. And after all that, my goodness. After all those dollars that that came into this whole thing, um, I ju- I I I can't. I'm surprised. I'm surprised the number is where it is uh, on that mayor's race. I really thought it would be. I really thought it would be closer, just given the seriousness in terms of in terms of the dollars put into this, the commitment to the race itself. You know, because I thought it was a um, a good quality candidate uh suzanne geist in terms of experience now everybody has their own opinion based on policy but in terms of experience and those sorts of things and um just kind of um, you know name recognition in the community and those sorts of things but it wasn't enough to it wasn't enough to really get over the hump at all in this whole thing and i'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions as to why that's why that was the case and what's next on the drawing board now for local Republicans on uh, on this thing. Most people and I don't know how many or who all you guys talked to away from the show. Obviously, we had Tim Ruza and, and Joe Jordan come on uh, this week like they do every week. But most people that I heard from were expecting it to be within three points. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that I expected it to be closer. Yeah. yeah. And, and ultimately, yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, I, 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 and as you said, Mark, that that early vote really, really ended up being the the big, big oh, difference. Yeah, it was huge. Aaron Sandiford in the Nebraska Examiner's got a a pretty good <laughs> uh, paragraph. He says uh, that the title of the paragraph is "A Blue Island in a Sea of Red." Yeah. He says, "In a year of conservative gains to capital, the bluest voting island in a deep sea, a deep red sea, will get four more years of a Democratic mayor." It, 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 I mean, it really is true. It's like the inverse of what we see in state statewide elections, yeah, absolutely here in the city, and- even Omaha. And yeah, even Omaha, but yeah, it's especially in Omaha is known nationally as the blue dot because of their uh, right, the electoral, the electoral vote. vote. But, but but here in the state of Nebraska, that but I mean, like it's it, it 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 is almost the inverse in that you know it's statewide elections. Democrats didn't even run for several of the statewide. They didn't even consider that they had <laughs> yeah. a chance in those. And they've put up put up in a lot of state when they have put up candidates. A lot of times they haven't been well-funded candidates or serious candidates that's the difference here mm-hmm. i think is that uh geist in this case especially 
was a well-funded candidate, was a serious candidate, was in it to win it this time, um, had what had what she needed in terms of funding and backing to win this thing, which I don't think you can say about hardly any, for instance, any de- Democratic gubernatorial candidate. Like I don't, no, no, the fun, the funding's almost never I mean, there yeah, for for, uh, for for someone trying to run against the Republicans on a, on a statewide race like very, that. And they, you know, they they haven't. I mean, this is, this sounds rough too, but they haven't done a great job of of getting candidates there. And 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 the same with the Republicans. I think before this year is they haven't done a great job of of getting opposing candidates as well. Um, but yet, this was le- this was a, a less close contest than those were than the last two mayors' right races: Beitler versus Andy Stebbing and Leary and Gaylor Baird versus Cindy Lamb. This is going to uh, end up being, like I said, less close. It's going to be more of a blowout, so to speak. Blowout prize in the right word because it's like fifty four percent, forty six percent, but. But it's going to be less close than those races were in this whole thing. So, well, it's obvious that the the Democratic machine, especially in Lincoln Lancaster County, knows how to get out the vote. Hmm. I mean, well, that's the. I mean, that's, that's the crazy thing is, is we had the primary results, and right. the primary results suggested, and I think that's why we all thought, okay, this thing is going to be down to the wire, could go either way, but it's going to be very close in this thing, is because it was about fifty fifty uh, per party on the primary and now and that bumps up yeah the, the obviously that thing we talked about yesterday mark where we were talking about who gets out to vote who didn't vote in the primary mm-hmm. and that the, i mean that had to be a huge a huge key to building up that this lead of almost 7000 votes here or, as we stand right now or those that uh, did vote in the primary in this case for Stan Parker that decided they did not want to support Senator I suppose so. I don't think there's maybe there's people like that. I guess I don't know. I assume. Well, there was more. I, I'm making assumptions. I suppose. Well, we all are. I mean, at this yeah. point, you're you're guessing. But there was there was more votes cast for Stan Parker in the primary than Geist lost by. Yeah, I'd yeah. be so interested to see the analytics on the people who voted in the primary versus then voted in the election and in in then who didn't vote in the primary and then did vote in the election because that uh, especially when it comes to say on the on the democrat side of didn't vote in the primary because you had the incumbent so and, and no opponent yeah, yeah no opponent so didn't really turn out and then that can play into the numbers when we start to add up the primary and go okay well if you just take the the red votes and the blue votes and you add it up and it, it's pretty close but then they knew they were going to show up on the general election day or early right. voting for general election right yeah that would it would be fascinating to see what happened over the course of the last month exactly just in how that motivation happened i was looking at i was looking at some of the uh the numbers for the fundraising on this um and and of course front and center do you read that flatwater free press article on the peds that was interesting no i did um it was uh, it was really interesting just because it kind of talked about how it wasn't necessarily what I expected that it was going to be, but it sort of talked about the the how the interest in politics that you know the family's been around, but the interest in politics really started in just 2020 essentially, and before that they weren't putting significant amounts in in these things. But Larry and Gaylor Baird also got a, a large late donation from uh, the head of National Research Corp just you know toward the end of the campaign as well. So she had she had large donors, not quite to where the uh, where Pete Ricketts and the Peds were on this thing, but she had that as well. But one of the the funny th- I don't know funny is the word, but 
one of the uh, one of the other top donors. And we're only talking like five digits here, so I'm not talking six digits. But one of the top donors for uh, Larry and Gaylor Baird was uh, Suzanne Shore, the uh, the yep. wife of P. Rickens. <laughs> what do they do? They're both putting their money out to different places in the same race, and they don't live here. <laughs> and they don't. They don't live here. I mean, man. That's having money, okay? Yeah. That is having money when you and your spouse are both putting money on the opposite side of the same race. That's pretty impressive. That's uh you know, that's going to the casino. That's going to the casino and saying, Hey, I want to bet on both teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got the over under you got the over under paying the juice then at that point. You got the over under covered. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. By the way, Caleb, to your point, uh, in the primary, uh, Gaylor Baird received 29,216 votes. Uh, in the uh, general, 42,000. So 13,000 additional. What did Geist have in the primary? Geist had 19,3, and okay, so. Stan Parker had 10,000. Oh, yeah, list. so you've got to consider the So 29 combined, so right. that would have been an addition on the Republican side of about 6,000 and about an addition of about 13,000 on the Democratic side, so almost twice as many. Right. If you, again, that's rough math. Yeah, on, if you, if you on extrapolate it that yep. way, yeah. All right, so there you go. Uh, in the books, election 2023 for the city of Lincoln, and what are we going to do now? Do we even have commercials? It's a little lighter today. <laughs> That's good. Hey, that That's reminds I kept me. looking up. I was like, I don't have to hey, get us out of this segment. <laughs> Any of you businesses wanting to get on the hottest radio show in Lincoln, Nebraska, and get the word out, contact us. We'll get you there. we got some room for you. You know, the best form of advertising is word of mouth because you control the message entirely. And all the radio is is word of mouth on steroids. There you go. Jack Mitchell, Mark Vale, and Caleb Henry for advertising. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. It is a What Chaps Your Head Wednesday also. Coming up in a half hour. Always interesting when What Chaps Your Head Wednesday falls the day after a Tuesday election. Yes, it is. We've had it many times. I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe we should, uh, should bifurcate the segment. Between election takes and like cereal and pothole and traffic light and grocery store takes. Hey, we have plenty of those too. Do we? Yeah. Right. We'll see. I haven't even looked at the page yet, but I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling that we probably are going to have some uh, some people wanting to talk about the election 
after that one. So we'll uh, we'll take some calls coming up at seven ten. We'll open up the phone lines, uh, and the Rick Stein Recognition Text Line is always open for you at four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. I don't think we ever made this official either, Caleb. We don't have a we haven't come together on a theme this week for Request Line Friday, and we had a really good one last week. So let's mm-hmm. go general this Just week. Just open, on. got it. Yeah. We'll go general this week, but we have been workshopping some uh, some new topics after we had so much fun last week with the uh, first album that you've ever bought. But we will go back to general, whatever you're in the mood for this coming uh, this coming Friday, and maybe we'll go back to themed the next week and uh, try another one of these new ones that we've been kicking around here just a little bit. All right, it is time for the sound off. Starting in Washington, D.C., new social media legislation. Man, it feels like everywhere is, uh, whether it's at the state level, at the federal level, there's all kinds of talk about new legislation when it comes to social media and kids. And this is a significant bipartisan, very bipartisan effort in uh, in Washington. This is a couple of senators who I don't probably believe tend to agree on really anything, but they are coming together for this new bill. What's it do? Well, let's find out. Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn and Democrat Senator Richard Blumenthal are putting politics aside and reintroducing their Kids Online Safety Act to give parents more control over what their kids see. The bill requires social media platforms to default to stricter settings for users 17 and under. It would also let parents disable features that are addictive and opt out of recommendations made by powerful algorithms. But the pair face pushback. Last year, about 100 advocacy groups sent a letter to Senate Leader Chuck Schumer opposing the bill, claiming it could limit a child's access to sex education or resources for LGBTQ plus youth. But Blumenthal says he and Blackburn have updated the bill, limiting potential harmful content to substance abuse, suicide, and eating disorders. Oh, okay. I, that got to a place that I didn't think it was going. Right. But nonetheless, yeah, that's the new version of the bill. It devi- defines a set list of harms that platforms need to take reasonable steps to mitigate, including by preventing the spread of posts promoting suicide, eating disorders, substance abuse, and and then it says and and more. Um, and it would require the companies, the social media companies, to undergo annual independent audits of their risks to minors and require them to enable the strongest privacy settings by default for minors, for uh, for kids. So we'll see. They had a virtual press conference yesterday, and Blumenthal and Blackburn, like I said, don't think they agree on anything at all. Um, but it sounds like there is some bipartisan support for this whole thing, and uh, we'll see what the Senate does with this whole thing as well. But yeah, um, yeah. What do you do? Like, uh, it's interesting. Like, let's say you could pass a law as a parent. Let's say you could pass a law. What What is it that you want as a parent from social media? And I'm not trying to defend, you know, the social media companies as being white as snow here, but. I'm trying to even define like what exactly it is that uh, I mean, I guess I guess if I really had to come up with something, it would be that they use a real age verification system, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has a little bit. Now, of course, I think there'll probably be hacker kids that still know how to get around it. But I, I don't know. Like, I don't know exactly what that looks like. But to me, that might be the biggest one is set set age limits you and then make sure that they're not 
Because look, you can get around all of these, can't you? I assume I assume it's not hard to get you just put a yeah. you put your birthday in and you add a, you take away a few years from the year, mm-hmm. right? When yeah. you when you log in, it's not like you gotta send your birth certificate in to get an account on Instagram. Well there there was a time, I believe, that Facebook didn't you have to be eighteen? Was it? Because, I, I always remember it being thirteen, but well, maybe it was because origi- originally it was intended for college kids. You know, it, it wasn't intended even for high school, which then it got a lot of run there, and now now it has its own reputation as kind of being because a lot of us have grown up in the last fifteen years. Uh, a lot of it's very much not a Gen Z thing. Right. Facebook, it's not even a younger millennial thing. Facebook, um, but I, I'm fairly certain very early on it was. It was 18 because it was intended to be for those that were at least in college. Right. Should, I mean, here's kind of just a hypothetical question for you, too. Should the TikToks and the Instagrams and other social media companies of the world, should should they have a different level of responsibility than, say, Netflix or HBO or other content providers that kids, minors could have access to? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, same thing, right? Or is it not the same thing? Is it just because of the uniquely sort of addictive and time spent nature on those as opposed to, say, in Netflix, that that's different? I don't know the answer to this. I'm just throwing out questions. Well, there are kids accounts on those, though, right? Sure, but but sure, but just yeah. Like, I, I know you can click out of it, and just, right? Just the same way you can go. I mean, if a kid knows what he or she is doing, they can do yeah. the same thing they could do with social media and be ten years old and get on a, a social media site. They should be thirteen for right. The the only real way to do it. I mean, you you've got to go a lot of government intrusion. Is is you make a, a hard cut offline, whether that's thirteen, whether that's sixteen, whatever that age is. And like the government effectively runs it to to where you can't get around it. I don't, yeah, that doesn't. Right. I know that. Like, if we're trying to see I mean, what 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 would be a realistic thing to happen, that's the only thing I can see. I mean, I feel like you're 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 sort of going around the real solution on all of these things, and that is to have it's to have parents be involved and parents to monitor. And have some awareness and have some level of regulation mm-hmm. from the family instead of within you know, from the Senate or the House right. to actually do that. And I, I know that's hard, but I think there are a lot of places and I'm not listen, I'm not absolving myself of even doing this, of not doing this as well. But until the until the parent cares to do that regulation, I don't know that there's I don't know there's great other solutions for mm-hmm. this whole thing. Yeah, I mean I think some of this probably is a step in a, a decent direction, having putting some level of uh, of of the companies themselves realizing kids are going to view this, and so you shouldn't have content. That are some of the things that I mentioned, I think that's probably that's probably reasonable. Yeah, um, and we do have some government enforcement of other media like that as well. But again. I don't know that much matters until you've got parents who care. I mean, that's the same exact argument, though, on what should be taught at home versus what should be taught in public schools. Because a lot of times people are talking about, and I know it comes back to the biggest debate was on the health standards. But when you talk sex education, a lot of it becomes what is best for society, for people to know as they grow versus this should be taught in the home 
when a lot of times the parents aren't teaching that they're not having the talk those types of things and then it becomes the same thing on social media so should schools have a social media literacy program built in i know they've already Maybe. got pretty much everything else built in <laughs> and, and, and like are overfilled with what they're trying to teach right but but yeah if it's if it but comes it, down to until the parents care Okay, that point's never going to get reached. It's also a bit easier to regulate public schools because they're a government entity yeah. as opposed to a private company right. like Snapchat or something. Right. right. That sort of thing. I don't know. It's not, I, I, I wish I was coming and saying, hey, I've got, I've got all the answers to, to this thing. But I, I, I do think the best, the best thing that, that people can do if they can is, is just make sure the parent, make sure, make sure the kids mm-hmm. as, as much as they can are not, not, um, not number one using something that they shouldn't be using that isn't age appropriate. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's that's the first step in this whole thing. But <laughs> it's not, uh, f- that is not happening far and wide. No, not, you not know enough any, parents actually. You know care. any kids of a certain age? It's because it's a uh, it's easy. It's yeah. easy not. I'll be honest as a parent. It's very easy mm-hmm. not. To, it is the path of least resistance mm-hmm. not to do that for a variety of of reasons. Uh, all right. As long as we're talking about a uh, you know dystopian technological future here, <laughs> do you hear about this guy who left uh, left Google because he's so concerned about AI at this oh. point? Yeah, this was wow. There's some people really sounding the warning bells on this stuff. Jeffrey Hinton was once a top developer of artificial intelligence at Google, but he quit his job over the technology. He now tells the New York Times he fears AI has gotten too smart too soon that it could become smarter and more quicker than humans much sooner than he expected. And in the wrong hands, it could be bad in that AI's ability to create fake images and text could lead to people not knowing what is real or not. Google says in response it's committed to a responsible AI development. Eben Brown, Fox News. There are people really trying to sound the warning bells right now, Caleb. Yeah. Like, really trying to sound the warning bells. And it it is still... I, I saw there was a poll out. I don't know if it was Fox or somebody had a poll. It was just sort of like the different ages and how much they understood or cared about AI and, and those sorts of things. But I mean, I can just tell you in like two months, three months, probably, this went from something that wasn't even on my radar mm-hmm. to something I'm at least seeing AI related content multiple times daily. Now. Yes. From yes. from just conversation, from talk about it, news stories about it, to these image, images that are generated, most of them for fun mm-hmm. at this point. But every single day, there's a new set of images that are that are AI images. It, they had, you know, first they did the all the presidents with mullets, right? That was funny. That was fun. They had the ones when when Trump had his indictment that had all these fake pictures that looked really real mm-hmm. of him being arrested and those sorts of things. Now you've got, if you're on Twitter, the, the, in, in the sports, a lot of people are doing like mascots reimagined yeah. and all of these things, but it's every day. It legit is every day. And four months ago, five months ago, I had no idea. I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. Really. Yeah, it, especially the ones that are, when it's kind of cartoony, it, it, a lot, like you said, a lot of these are are for fun, but these can become very serious very quickly, especially the ones that can put together realistic images and put people in in places yeah, and like, situations i mean those those 
those Trump ones were real, and there's other ones I'm sure you can find too that are essentially deep, like deep fakes, but yeah. stills on these things. It's just, I, it blows my mind just how quickly this became a kind of a an everyday thing from not really being anywhere at all, at least on right. on my radar. Because we played with the text a couple months ago. Yeah, that we was the like, first I had heard of it. Yeah, we were just like, oh, let's play with some story prompts. Right. And since then, it's like, oh, this is this is a much, much bigger deal. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it got normalized very quickly here. Uh, all right, what else do we have going on? Oh, a couple of, uh, all right, I got a couple of, I got a funny one here. I probably isn't funny to some people. This is in Korea, and you know when they do like really abstract art, and and somebody's like, "This is just," and they just put like a just a random thing on a platter, and mm-hmm. that's the art or something like that. Well, this is this is kind of like that, but you got to be careful what you use in your actual art when hungry people are around. A hungry art student from South Korea gobbles down a banana duct taped to a wall inside a museum in Seoul. The banana, part of Italian artist Maurizio Catalan's comedian piece, sold in 2019 for $120,000 at Miami Art Basel. No Yun Soo was filmed removing and peeling the fruit in front of stunned onlookers. He then attached the banana skin to the wall with the same duct tape and walked off. Museum officials asked him why he ate the fruit. He said he was hungry after skipping breakfast, reportedly saying damaging a work of Modern art could also be interpreted as artwork. <laughs> CJ Papa Fox News. It was performative art itself. Which, by the way, I, I mean, we've all been around our bananas. That thing was not gonna. That thing was not gonna be nearly the same piece of art about a week from now. No, a week from now, well. it was gonna be banana bread just duct taped oh, to the wall. Man. And then that's what we all promise ourselves. Just continues to bring me the an, another one of the ongoing debates in our house is <laughs> what level is it okay? What level of ripeness is it okay to still eat bananas at? I apparently have a higher tolerance than anyone in my house of the uh, the level of softness I'm willing to go with bananas. All right, uh, and then we'll finish this. Time for another reboot, Caleb. You ready for another reboot? You're not going to oh. get this one. You're not going to get this. this is a movie. This is a movie when I was in college that they're bringing oh back. God. And I saw so many things on Instagram yesterday. I can't even remember. I bet I saw it, but I can't think of it right now. Well, it's, I don't even know. It was a, not even that huge of a hit when I was in college. But nonetheless, it's definitely time to bring Sylvester Stallone back for another cliffhanger. Sylvester Stallone will grab his mountain boots once again for a reboot of his classic film, Cliffhanger. On Monday, filmmaker Rick Romanois confirmed in an Instagram post that he and the 76-year-old are teaming up for a reboot of the 1993 action thriller. Waugh captioned the post, anyone afraid of heights? Let the journey begin. Stallone is expected to reprise his role as mountain climber Gabe Walker in the original film. Gabe rescues several stranded hikers and soon realizes he's apprehended a group of violent criminals after a plane heist goes horribly wrong. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Nope, had not seen that one. Sylvester was like 50 years old when they did that one. <laughs> I did Man. see that they're going to do a uh, a Gladiator sequel. Yeah, gla- yeah, I saw that too. And they're going to do a uh, a sequel to Dodgeball. Thank goodness. Actually, I'm kind of interested in that one. (laughs) All right. We're going to grab a break right now. Officer Chad is in the building. We're going to talk to him. Don't forget, it's a What Chaps Ride Wednesday. So you've got 
Time to get in your chaps. If you want to do it by the Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNK today, or on the Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. We'll also open up the phone lines here a little over 15 minutes. So we'll find out what's going on with you, what is chapping your hide. You get it off your chest, you'll have a more pleasant day. 653, it's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're... They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. All right, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Officer Chad, do you remember, did you see Cliffhanger? Do you remember Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone? I did. I don't know if I'd call it a classic. <laughs> I thought I, that was very generous as well. Yeah, it was It was an okay movie. Yeah. It yeah. was typical slime movie, I guess. Yeah. It was, it was all right. I, I, although I don't, I actually I didn't ever see it, so I probably shouldn't comment on it. I've never actually uh, seen it, but it was all right. It was one that I, I'm pretty sure I had it on VHS way back when. But yeah, it it wasn't. Oh, hey, it's Friday night. Let's watch Cliffhanger. Yeah. It was like I also yeah. don't like heights either, though. So I've never like I didn't ever see that. What was that free climber movie that came out a few years ago? Oh, with, you know what uh, I'm talking about, like. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Climb for I don't know. It was, it was about free climbing. It might have been called. Free Did it start off with a family like that? that uh, Is it free that, solo? Free solo. Yeah. No, free I haven't solo. seen that one. Yeah, that one got that one got some awards or something. I I just can't do uh, heights. I hate heights. Oh, well, heights don't bother me. It's the fall and the sudden stop <laughs> that really get me. So. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have to do? Do you have? Can a can a cop be afraid of heights? Oh, absolutely, oh. Officer Bergeron. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. oh yeah! Wow. Oh yeah! Aaron, good morning. <laughs> um, yeah, you can be totally scared right, of heights. You're not, so there's you're not no, disqualified. No, no, you should right. be, Officer Bergen. Um, <laughs> I really hope he's That's listening. Good. This That's morning. good. I do. I do too. Uh, I, I always, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. It's good to know. It'll help recruiting. It'll be good. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it just I knew, won't rule out a bunch of people. It'll be good. I knew you guys were friends at LOPD. Thanks for pointing out the not afraid of heights clause. We've honestly kind of overlooked that on the website. That's <laughs> good. That's good. Uh, all right. What do we have going on before you t- before you tick <laughs> off more? It's okay to be scared. Before sometimes. you tick off more of your colleagues. Uh, Every, oh, I, I'm not worried about Aaron Burton. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. All right. I can uh, tell. What, what, are we, uh, what are we working on for Lincoln Crime Stoppers? How about week? Target Hall? Uh, Target reports this female walked out of the, the store with a cart with about $1,400 worth of stuff that she just didn't bother to pay for. Whoa! Uh, yeah, $1,400 at Target. I would imagine that's fairly easy to do. That, uh, well, I get, uh, you're going laptops, right? Sure. But I guess what? you're go, but you're stacking a couple of laptops. I, and you know what? Her shopping cart did not look that full, but she got away, left in that black SUV. Actually, you know what? You know how you do it. Actually, this is a this a lot of beef jerky. That's that's what line the bottom with beef jerky of your cart. Uh, you know, I guess that, if you go for the brand name with the prices of beef jerky these days, it adds up fast. That, you know, again, you guys are on it this morning. <laughs> yeah. By the way, don't do that. Pay for it. But it just, I'm saying, if you're trying to, if you're playing supermarket sweep or something, so I need to watch for you on the pictures next yes, week. Yes. Yes. Okay. Do. All right. Be, I'm, I'll be easy to spot. I, that would be a Florida man story if I came in to do Crime Stoppers and it turns out one of the hosts <laughs> is responsible. Anyway. All right. Uh, how about another wallet yeah. theft? Uh, these two guys are suspected in a wallet theft. They're out in one of our local stores. 
uh, see an elderly female out shopping, one distracts her while the other one grabs her purse and wallet. I would imagine that the credit cards and everything had been used, just not reported yet. So, Jeez, these cameras are like 4K that they're using yes, on this one. Holy some cow. of them are pretty impressive. Just be aware, you are on, you are on <laughs> camera, and it's not like the old fuzzy security yeah, cameras either. If you look at our website, we, we, we have a ton of clearances, so... Watch it, folks. Yeah. Well, I think the improved the improved technology that goes along with that has sure helped. I'm sure with yes, it has. You guys. All right. Go to LincolnCrimeStoppers.com if you can help out. Maybe get a cash reward and uh, check out what's going on here in the communities. All right. Thank good, you, gentlemen. Good to talk to you. Best of luck at work after today. <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> it's 36 degrees. What chapter your eye Wednesday? It gets going next seven o'clock. KLIM Lincoln. For nearly school buses, if you come across anything that gets in your way, call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. All right. It is time for What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Phone lines are packed. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no space so on the phone the, lines and right And so there. is the news booth. So is the, new, the news booth is packed, too. Everywhere is with uh, Hyde Chapping. Facebook page is very active, too, so we got a lot to get to. So let's not delay it anymore. Let's uh, go first this morning to uh, Baton Leadoff. That, Paul. That, Paul, the floor is yours. What chaps your Hyde? The U.S. Postal Service. USPS? More like USBS. <laughs> I need to mail an oversized envelope. It weighed 3.7 ounces. I have forever stamped. I need to know how many to use. You go to any postage calculation sites, including the official USPS site, and they will tell you that mailing an oversized envelope weighing 3.7 ounces will cost you $1.98. How is that supposed to help me? <laughs> the whole point of the forever stamps is that even if the price of postage goes up, you don't need the additional cents stamps. So what good is telling me there'll be a dollar ninety-eight when there is no price on the stamp? <laughs> Why don't they just tell us how many first class and how many additional ounce stamps I needed? Ah! <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, why does it take so long for the mail to be delivered? I sent a Christmas card to that mom last <laughs> December. Oh, it arrived for the holiday. The Valentine's Day holiday. <laughs> Do you know how much trouble you are in when you send a card to that mom on Valentine's Day that says, ho, ho, ho? Why <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. do I? Because she isn't speaking to me. I gotta go. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. Uh, I like that. I don't care what people say about that, Paul. I like that one. All right, let's come back to the Our phones. apologies to that mom. Uh, Yeah. 
No, we don't have to apologize. We didn't <laughs> deliver yeah, that's it. That's true. That's true. Uh, if he'd have just bought an I, ad here, he could have delivered it himself. That's true. Hey. I thought he was going to start de- getting into moving the post office from uh, from the Haymarket, but that's probably next week's call. Uh, back to the phones on the Rickstown Recognition Tax Line. Mike is next. Good morning, Mike. What's Chap in your hide? Uh, I think a little more serious vein than Paul did. Uh, hey, last night, yeah, I'm a little bit, you know, Chap, but last night's results, I'll be honest. But I just want to... Uh, you know, the party that works together and um, wants to bring everybody together, read the Democratic response to the election last night and read the Republican response, and you tell me which group wants to work together with the, everybody. <laughs> That's what chats my high guys, and have a good day. All right. Thank I, you, Mike. I know thank what Mike's you. talking about. I read both of them. What did I say? What uh, did the, what's the, the, I didn't see this. Uh, part of I, it's I generally the, don't read party statements. Uh, part of it's on the show sheet. You can read it later. Oh. Well, I mean, I want to listen no, it, to hear it's it. It's just... Yeah, divisive versus inclusive. Okay, I'm. Uh, I actually really want to. I actually really now you have me super curious here. So I'm going to actually look this up here while we're uh, while we're talking. It, it is on the show sheet here. All right, I'm scolding down. I'm scrolling down. It's right t- towards the bottom of number five, I believe. Oh, okay. Oh, we're going to talk about it in the morning drive. I yeah. see here. Uh, let's see. Uh, statement: Lincoln voters soundly rejected the MAGA Republicans and millions uh, dumped into the races by the Pete and Ricketts families. Nebraskans do not want our elections bought by millionaires, nor do they want constant lies told by the Republican Party. The elections were won tonight because Mary and her fellow Democrats put forward their positive ideas to continue building a welcoming Lincoln for all. I that you think that's what he's referring to, or that Probably. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. All right, back to the phones. My goodness. Debbie is next on uh, on What Chap Shad Wednesday. Debbie, good morning. What's chapping your hide? Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. I set this up for you, Jack. Okay. A few months ago, if you recall, I had to get a modulator on my dish equipment because yes. it would help enhance my uh, reception. I remember. But it caused me to have so much static on my AM radio that I yes. had to figure another way to listen because I wasn't going to miss your show. Right. All right. I figured out I could get on iPad and stream it, and it works great. But you probably don't know this, Jack, but the commercials on the iPad, the streaming service, is totally different than the commercials I, that you hear. I do you know, know that. Maybe? Yeah. Okay. About a month ago, I was getting ready to call in with what chaps my hide because they don't have as many commercials, and so they fill the time on the iPad with <laughs> elevator music. Oh, my Lord. Awful. And I, so about a month ago, I, I was getting ready to call in, but I noticed they made a change. And maybe it's due to Caleb because they started having sports shorts on. I thought, this is really good. And listen to all these sports highlights. However, what chaps my hide is the fact that we have had such mediocre teams in the last few years <laughs> that the highlights for basketball go back to Tim Miles. And even even worse for football, I'm listening to plays with Indomitian Sue. Are you kidding me? we got to get some new ones. That? Yes. We I need know. some new successes to, for Caleb to put in the breaks for I, I, you. Debbie, if you really want, I guess I can go get that Rutgers win in December of 2020. <laughs> right. No, or last well, year. Actually, <laughs> I was hoping you go way back in the archives and get some Lyle Bremder with Man, Woman, and Child. Uh, we might as well. We might as well. <laughs> well, uh, I, 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 we'll uh, yeah, I agree. We need some more new positive highlights that we can throw in there. And let's start this fall yes. with Matt Rule. Does that sound good? That's right. Yes. yes. I'm going to be cheering as long as we can 
Get them going. We're going to get them going, and we'll have new highlights. There you yes. go. All right. More pressure on Matt Rule now. He's got to fix our brakes. Thank you, Debbie. That's I appreciate right. okay. it. <laughs> it did not go where I thought it was going to go. That was all over it the place. It did not at all go where I thought it was going to go. Sports, By the way, some of that sports. some of that music stuff is because we've changed back-end systems, and they're going through a change, and blah, 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 blah. blah. Don't care. Uh, all right. If you have an issue with it, email me. I'll right. make up an excuse. There you go. Caleb will do it. All right, back to the phones again. Now Chris and Olathe joining us. Morning, Chris. What chaps your hide? All right, I'll bet you think I'm going to talk about the election, but you'd be wrong. No, I didn't. No. You live in Olathe, so no. I left the say it doesn't, doesn't do anything for me one way or the other. We have a, we have a Republican mayor here. Anyway, what's chapping my hide is this whole volleyball match on August 30th. Okay. I tried to get tickets. Ooh. Even that one ticket, Caleb, I'm driving to work and Caleb said, there's one ticket available in West Stadium. I immediately got on. It's gone. So the only way I can see a, see this game right now is to pay at least double the face value, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking back at times when I was going to college there at UNL. We used to be able to get in with free to the Coliseum with your uh, student ID. You, yeah. you could get in free back then. Yeah. And you saw the likes of, you know, Val Novak and Lori Endicott and Virginia Stare. These were all yeah. All-Americans. Yep. Great yep. volleyball then. Now I can't even get into Memorial <laughs> Stadium where they're playing Nebraska Omaha. They're not playing Wisconsin. They're not playing Penn State. They're not playing Stanford. They're not, you know, but we're playing Nebraska Omaha and it, it's double. Let's, so I'm going to sit. Here's the thing. I'm going to sit and wait. When the forecast says it's going to be 100 degrees out on August 30th, <laughs> and all of a sudden tickets are going to become available. Either that or you're going to have them available for a, what, for a generation collaboration or something like that. Yeah, so, maybe. maybe. I don't know for sure. But, but that's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the secondary market does. It's still early. Like, will that change? Will yeah. it fluctuate? Will I, It's got to. Well, even, the secondary market went down even for Garth Brooks as you got closer. Yeah. I wouldn't rule that yeah. out yet. I think that's still a possibility, but we'll see. Yeah. We will see. All right. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good day. Good Have luck good day. with that. All right. Back to the phones. Phones are lit up today. And uh, Ben is next on What Chapter Had Wednesday. Ben, what do you got for us today? Uh, hey, guys. Um, happy post-election day. Polls closed 11 hours, so take down your doggone yard sign. <laughs> <laughs> if they're not down already, you're going to get a nasty gram from Ben. Ab- absolutely. I mean, if I was more ambitious, I'd take them down myself, but uh, <laughs> I'd rather just complain about them. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh I'm 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 with you Ben. And and, and then uh, how long that's the thing is th- some of those places where they put it on just like vacant property and they put the huge ones, those are the last to come down usually I've noticed. And well, people uh, just forget they're there. Yeah. It's always it's uh, thank you Ben. It's always it's always interesting. I especially when you see candidates who didn't win whose signs are up for a long time afterwards. My favorite is still this house though right here on 48th that <laughs> used to put up signs of elections of of people who lost elections like 8 years ago. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. You remember that, Mark? Yeah. It was uh it was 
I don't know if he was a collector or she, whoever it was, what, was a collector or what was going on with What's that. worse, that or the bumper stickers that are still on people's car from like a decade ago? That's why I don't do, yeah, I don't do... And not not just that they're on there. I don't, but that campaign lost. Right, exactly. Like if you're, if, if you're, someone's driving around with like a Mitt Romney, or you're, you're rocking, sticker. you're like John Edwards 2004 <laughs> sticker. Probably tried, probably get a razor blade and figure to how to get that one off. You don't like my uh, uh, Kennedy Johnson bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's yes. Yeah, um, that's always always interesting to see those very old candidate candidate stickers. Uh, all right, uh, all right. Before I I get one. Okay, what first. do you got? And it has to do with traffic signals in this mm. town. But in this case, it's more the people sitting for a left turn, and they're going to get a green left arrow, and they sit there because they're playing with something. <laughs> And not paying attention. Probably their phone. Something. (laughs) And they're not paying attention. And the third car never gets through the left turn because they've sat there through at least 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Somebody finally honks. They go. And the first two cars go through. And then you got another one to wait. And it's especially egregious when it's a quick left turn green. Like southbound 56th at Nebraska Parkway. Uh okay, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That yep. one. You're usually if you're really at it, you can get four cars through. It, Yesterday it was one and a half. <laughs> Hopefully you were in the part that got through. No, <laughs> my back seat's still back there. Listen, I have. Uh, I I'm trying to always. I'm obsessed with trying to find new routes to get places, faster routes to get yes. places that I go. And my job, as I've talked about a lot of times, many afternoons is getting my daughter to one of her many various activities. I have learned after some trial and error that trying to turn left onto 27th from Nebraska Parkway, yeah. Highway Two, oh, yeah. is maybe one of the worst driving experiences in the city of Lincoln. It is. It is bad yeah. because and it's 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 not a super short light but still it's, it's backed up so far yeah that you can go through you can easily go through three cycles there you just and, need and to wait, to wait for turn, the whole thing. turn left on 40th or 48th yeah down old cheney. Old go, which i i did that because going down old cheney was so slow because you'd hit red lights at every single one of those intersections and i thought okay i'll just take nebraska expressway nebraska whatever old Parkway. highway two Old Highway 2, and that right didn't here. turn yeah. out to be a good decision. Hey, Mark, Scott and Molly's got a question for you on this topic here. All right. Hey, Mark. Hey. Uh, my question, where are you finding green arrows? <laughs> <laughs> I, all I get are these freaking arrows that flash yellow. They never turn green. <laughs> Especially, you know, 56 is one of those. There's several of them. 48th and normal. 48th and normal. yellow. One car gets through. Yeah. 48th and normal. I see these green arrows you're speaking of. I don't know what you're talking about. It happened once in 2016, (laughs) I recall, and it was once yesterday. We we have more green arrows for right turns than we do for left turns. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. I remember once, Mark, I got a green arrow at 48th and normal, and I took a picture of it, and I texted you with it. Yes. It's like I had spotted a dinosaur. And you didn't actually drive through it, and then you were waiting there for 10 seconds, and then somebody hopped. I probably ticked off somebody behind me, but it was such an amazing amazing sighting. It felt very rare. It it is. It's very rare. Yeah. Uh, So, So there. 
But, you know, if you're in a left turn lane and having even a don't play with your phone or anything else, pay attention. Yeah. You're on the you do? get that license. It's illegal, too, but you can't get pulled over for it because it's not a primary offense. Primary offenses, secondary offenses are not all that big of a threat to people. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm not, I think I can generally say you've got some people on the Facebook page who are chapped by the result of the Lincoln elections tonight. So I think I'll, I can summarize that, some frustration there. Uh, and then let's uh, let's go to some other ones that are on here right now. And then another election related, but this one was a little different. Patsy says, people who don't volunteer to work the polls. They're seniors past their prime who try to work but can't hear. Plus, instead of having five people per precinct, there's only three. One can't hear and the other doesn't quit talking. Very frustrating for the one trying to keep it together. Sounds like she's speaking from experience. Thank you to everybody who does come out and uh, and do that. Matt says, in fact, there are stoplights on Highway 77, but we expect trucks to take the new highway, too, because it's faster. LOL. Leslie says, what Chaps tried is people in Lincoln who do not listen to LNK today, because if they did, they would know how to bleeping zipper merge. I'm talking to you, drivers of cars northbound at 84th and Old Cheney. Gah! Uh, there you go. All right, I think we're out of time. Sorry if we didn't get here with Chap Chat Wednesday, but the phones were white hot today. Liddy. 39 degrees in the capital city. We've got sports coming up next on KLIN. All right, let's count them down, starting out today with number five. Voter turnout yesterday, about 44%, uh, which I believe is a record for uh, voter turnout on this type of a mayoral election. Just under 78,000 votes cast. The mayor won re-election. Uh, there's about 3,700 uh, early and provisional ballots left to count, but the uh, Suzanne Geist trails uh, get her bared by more than that, so uh, get her bared has uh, secured the election. Unofficial results show uh, get her bared 54.2%, Geist 45.6%. City Council remains dominated by Democrats 6 to 1. Uh, district 2 was uh, the only uh, district there, were the Republican one, Tom Duden. And he replaces the other uh, Republican that's been on the city council, Richard McGinnis. Richard McGinnis, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was good. I mean, it was a it was a good night if you're a Democrat in the city of Lincoln, especially with those uh, city council and and the mayor's race, as well as uh, the mayor's race specifically. I think was one that we all thought had the potential of really going down to the wire and being a very close race and. You know, in in context of other races over the last twenty years, it it wasn't particularly close. In fact, there was only there's only one race since I've been doing this job. So that's only for like four elections, but nonetheless, there was only one mayor's race that uh, had more distance between the two candidates, and that was when Chris Beitler beat Tammy Buffington in what two thousand eleven. I want to say, I think it was the year that 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 happened. Um, and so, yeah, that there was a lot of ground gained for whatever reason mark between the primary and the general um where in the primary you had the two republican candidates have equal to or maybe even a few more votes than did leary and gaylor baird but obviously things changed between that time and and is that about you know i don't know if i I kind of assume stan parker voters kind of moved to geist maybe that didn't totally happen i think they did but the democrats really showed up for the general election they really didn't have to for the primary uh yeah that's true uh, that's a good point yeah do you factor in because there wasn't necessarily a reason if that's your if that is your primary race that you're super interested in 
there's not a there's not a re, you, unless you're worried that both of the Republicans are going to you know go well, one two in that thing, which I don't was, think anybody not, expected. Yeah, that was not going to happen. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected that. So, but they they really uh, got out the vote for the general election. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, after all of uh, after <laughs> after all of a month of just it felt like complete immersion in this race in a mayor's race like I'd never seen before. And 1011 even had a, a story where their news department asked their sales department how different this mayor's race was for advertising than other mayor's races. And their story indicated that at least what they had seen, and I haven't asked upstairs here, maybe I should, but what their new their sales team had seen is they saw nine times more ads than they had in any of the other recent mayor's races. Just So if it felt like you were seeing and hearing more commercials, you definitely were when it, than, than a typical mayor's race. And you definitely yeah. saw a lot more digital and social media. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. social media, all over the place. digital advertising, uh, even billboards were uh, really... Right. And, you know, I don't know if there's... I don't know if there's Monday morning quarterbacking that's going on after this whole thing. And and could the messaging have been different? Should the messaging uh, been been different on this? Uh, or is it just kind of a function of where the city is right now those are all questions that are going to be probably asked behind closed doors in the republican party right now well i think it's fair also to say you know will we see any ramifications from uh two of the public safety unions that endorsed opposite candidates will there be any uh feedback from uh, the right. police union or the firefighters union um are there the ramifications are there you know i don't, don't want to call them paybacks but are there are there things that that happen within LPD for, for uh, backing Geist that that causes more unrest there? I don't I don't know. I'm just throwing out these. These are the types well, of things that uh, that can be felt afterwards. Yeah, one of the yeah, I'm I'm loath to get too far into well, yeah, much yeah. of it. No, any of even any of this, but I do think I think it can be possible. I think it can be possible that there needs to be some real work done with with a lot of things going on with the, the mayor's relationship with the Lincoln Police Department but it can also be true that I'm not I'm not scared when I go outside about crime I think both of those things can be true um, I, I and it wasn't really those two things were turned into one thing during this they were during this race I will tell and you from a news yeah. perspective though uh, the the failure to report and to acknowledge crime is different than crime not happening Right. Yeah. And, and and to be real honest, I'll just say it right up front. I, as a member of the news media, I feel like we've been stonewalled quite a bit since the elections have been hot and heavy by uh, the reporting of crime. And that could go into what I'm, you know, what I'm talking about is that there, there, I, it's not that issues don't exist, but I, I just don't think, I think those are two separate things. Issues existing, some legitimate issues existing. Yeah. And this idea of being fearful of crime taking over Correct. the city. Absolutely. Like, those are two different things. And maybe, you know, but maybe that's, I don't know if that was, was part of what played into this whole thing or not. But that was one of the observations that I had kind of watching what was being said. There was a lack of specificity on the topic of public safety in general. Yeah. And, and like you said, everything got lumped in and you needed to be more specific. Yeah, I, I think some, yeah, I think that's well said. 
number four. On the 71st day of the 90-day session, the one constitutionally required thing that the unicameral is supposed to do is finally going to, it's on the agenda this morning and finally going to get to the budget. Oh, my goodness. How excited are, are the... Wasn't uh, wasn't the governor talking about all the money they had at the beginning of this session? Isn't this basically just uh, doling it out now? Very exciting. Are we getting the lake now, or is that done? I haven't heard much uh, about it, the lake. That didn't get very far. Whatever, we were talking about the lake like crazy a year ago. What happened to that thing? We were talking about it at the start of the session. My goodness. I think there were a couple of filibusters that kind of took a few things off the table. But they do, in all seriousness, they do have a lot of federal funds to appropriate. Because of the uh, American Rescue Plan, yes, and that's been that we heard a lot about that at the beginning of the session, Mark, in various iterations, especially ones dealing with Lincoln. When you're talking about uh, some dollars for the convention center, some dollars for the East Beltway, um, some other some water other projects 2.0. here, Water 2.0. That's another. That's the big good one. one, and 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 then there's a lot of those and. That's some of those things are finally coming up to the the floor of the legislature for the first time now. So that'll be fascinating. See what goes. They just on don't have a lot that. of time. Yeah. When's the? Uh, how long? What do we have left in? Nineteen in, days. Eighteen days after today. Eighteen days after today. What are we going to do when there's no mayor's race and there's no legislature in like oh, three weeks? I guarantee there'll be something. What are we going to do? What are we going to? What are we going to talk about? Holy cow. Figure that request line Friday every day for the summer, maybe? No. It'll make a few people mad. Make a lot of people happy, too, though. Number three. Uh, Lincoln Wastewater System uh, Cruise, part of LTU, had kind of a crappy situation yesterday oh, to deal with. Oh, jeez. Uh, a wastewater pipe overflowed uh, mm. near First and Cornusker. Oh. Grease and cloth rags accumulated in the pipe oh. caused the flow to become blocked, exit a manhole. And up onto the street and surrounding ground, they got it cleaned up. Uh, if I were the one who had gotten elected mayor last night, my first order of business is getting a raise out there to everyone who dealt with that issue. And the guy there, that and the guy that had to take the samples for COVID nineteen bacteria. Uh, uh, yes, and the sample. But the 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 person who had to had to with whatever apparatus. I don't know how their you know how their work works exactly, but had to get those. Get those greasy rags out of there. Well, they have machines to do that. But yeah, it's it's still kind of a... Everybody, that'd be first first order of business, executive order. I don't think you can do that, but I'd do it anyway. Executive order, if you were in on cleaning that up on first and Cornhusker, uh, I don't know, whatever you get, plus 15% why don't annually. You, why don't you give... I'd be a great mayor. <laughs> why don't you give them two request lines for Friday? <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Then they would come, Mr. Mayor. Uh, you've exceeded the the budget in eight hours of your term here as mayor. It's money well we, spent. We need we need some money. Raise property taxes. Then, just kidding, just kidding, everyone. But seriously, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, they've got so much <laughs> money, they don't need to raise taxes. So. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. I mean, just dip into dip into what you got from the valuation of my home, since I apparently live in a. I'm actually. Uh, I'm actually living into what Mark said about my uh, fancy palatial estate now. <laughs> moving, moving. God, I would do a lot of dumb things as mayor. Man, I would do a lot of dumb. There would be there would be a replica of the Lincoln Memorial along the interstate. One month in, tourist trap. Tourist trap is all get out. Man, right. I'd be pulling people off. 
off that thing to go to the Lincoln Memorial how are replica. You, how are you making that happen Gr- as mayor? Great, uh, and then it's you know what's next to you? Great Wolf Lodge. And on, and on the how other, am I making that happen? On the other side, you bring in politics, leadership, <laughs> politics and leadership. We're getting those things in, and then watch the sales tax coffers fill up, and I'll pave the streets with gold. You forgot the expanded cool crest on the other side. Yeah, that's coming too. That's coming too. Am I announcing my uh, my uh, campaign for twenty twenty seven? Maybe. Maybe. Your uh, unidirectional uh, golf course? Unidirectional golf course on each side of the city. Take advantage uh, of the so wind. So you can always play with the wind at your back. I don't know any other city that has that. We're getting that, too. You're city getting, course. I mean, that's just... Uh, you're going to have to put high-speed rail because they'll play one of them in the morning and one in the afternoon and go in the other direction. Great, too. Just Where? watch the city coffers fill up under my watch. Now, Eric and Lincoln sent in a question asking... What do you want to know about my campaign? Would you, he's saying, would Jack do a worse job as mayor or Nebraska athletic director? Ooh. I don't where, know. where would you be able to do more damage? I don't know. I get really, a t- I get, uh, I don't want to, do I have to fire people as athletic director? Yeah, I probably got to do that. I wouldn't be, I think I got better ideas for mayor right now, probably. I think I probably do. Yeah, okay. So are you declaring? Uh, I'm mentally exploring it. Going to put together a committee? A mental, it's a mental exploration committee. Okay. Is what it is. It's an co- exploration committee inside of my own head. So you're saying it's a mental idea. <laughs> it is one of those mental ideas. <laughs> As opposed to a physical idea, I guess. Number two. Remember your name? Coming back to the Nebraska basketball roster, Josiah Alec. Going to spend his fifth year transfer portal out of New Mexico. Hey, and he's going to get sick of hearing this. Big brother of Becca Alec, the volleyball player. Yeah. I heard an interview. Uh, Mike Sauter did an interview with him, and he asked him about his sister, and, and he was like, I, I tweeted out exactly what he said, but he's he basically said, like, yeah, everybody knows that she's kind of the... She's the star right now, and and uh, my name kind of comes under hers right yeah. now. And I'm like, only at Nebraska does an incoming basketball men's basketball player be like, yeah, my little sister plays volleyball. She's a lot more popular than I yeah, very much so. <laughs> Especially when like it's from here. Think think about that happening. And if if you were in Lawrence, Kansas, and right. someone someone went to the high school there, and they were transferring back to go to KU. But their little sister played on the volleyball team. Yeah, here's what he said. She's definitely a superstar. I'm coming in under her shadow. <laughs> well, if the men's basketball uh, program pulls 90,000 people for a game. That's true. Yeah. What are we getting if we play a basketball game in there? That's a good question. I was just put all the, every sport should have a day in Memorial Stadium. Bowling Except for, sure. for rifle. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna fill South Stadium they when are, rifles aiming they that way. hundred percent should do a bowling in Pinnacle, or they could do it outside Pinnacle Bank Arena. Yes, but turn the whole floor of it into like a bowling, like a retro bowling alley. Yes, like don't go as. I mean, you probably shouldn't involve smoking in there, but that's how I remember the bowling alleys. No, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say yeah. that you got to open up smoking and just pizza everywhere, right? Just like greasy food. <laughs> Jukebox playing, you know, hits of the 70s and 80s, and then a bowling mat. Listen, Trev, maybe, you know what, Mark? I'm going to amend my answer. I'd be great as the athletic director, too. 
I, I will say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I know. Probably handle both positions simultaneously. Fine. Becca's here. Josiah's coming back. I would say both of those are some pretty smart Alex. That's terrible. We got Mark for that. Don't try. Don't. Don't try and get in on his territory, there, please. <laughs> Number one. Nurses in Nebraska only make, uh, on average, they're, we're 22nd in the nation for average starting salary for nurses. Average in the nation, 89000 So we're just uh, not doing very well on that. Yeah. But in several um, categories, it's uh, Nurses Week coming up beginning uh, May 6th. We're 22nd in average starting salary, but 40th in nurses how, per capita. Uh, and, and, Mark, what do you know just about how... What's the market like? I know during COVID there was tons of talk about this, and we don't hear about it quite as much anymore. But how is the the market here locally now? Uh, as far as need, uh, yeah, oh, as far yeah. as need, yeah, it's the need is wild. It's wild. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought you were going to say. Nurse, and and it's not just in hospitals; it's in uh, doctors' offices, yeah, uh, type uh, nursing facilities, rehab facilities. Uh, very large nursing shortage. Yeah. Well, shout out to all our nurses who who do do that work. We appreciate you and know that it's not an uh, not an easy job, and especially wasn't an easy job over the last few years. So, shout out to all of you. All right, seven. Pity them if they act a patient like you. Or I'll, hold on, I'm giving them a raise too. Yeah. They're not city. Uh, I guess any of the ones that that are city employees. Give, can can give, I give? You can give a grant. We'll give know. a grant. We'll just send out a check. All okay. right. So, hit the wastewater employees with fifteen percent. And then uh, straight up, I don't know what, make it $10,000 check to every nurse in the city. Yep. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Signed, Mayor Jack Mitchell. 754, come see me on Tuesday at the Abraham Lincoln. I'm starting the recall replica. now. Good luck. <laughs> 754, it's By the way, did you hear about the uh, cemetery worker that dug the wrong plot? No, I didn't. Yeah, it was a grave mistake. <laughs> He's back. We could have multiple. Of I can't take two of you doing this. <laughs> Seven fifty-five now on LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. When you're you're listening to LNK today with Jack and friends on fourteen hundred and ninety-nine three KLIN. I'm seeing that what you just told me too, Caleb. Where are you getting that from? Um, I'm just seeing it on here. It's on on Twitter. There's an ind- is, is an independent journalist. Okay. Um, Brian Krasenstein. Yeah, I, I've got another one. Yeah, uh, apparently. Oh my goodness! Now CNN has got a report okay, of it yeah. too. Uh, Russia claims Ukraine targeted Putin in an attempted drone attack on the Kremlin. Russian president was not in the building at the time. The Kremlin spokesman said, and that the attack was foiled. No one was injured as a result of their fall and scattering of fragments. Moscow alleging Ukraine flew two drones toward the Kremlin last night. And the Kremlin, for what it's worth, says uh, it was an attack, an attempt on the president's life. Russia reserves to take retaliatory measures if and when it, where and when it sees fit. But there's a video of the of the drone exploding over the Kremlin. It doesn't look like it's caused any. Caused oh my any goodness! Yeah, doesn't look like it caused any damage, but there, it's a clear explosion. It exploded of, of, of right before, above it. It exploded before it, it got down far enough to do any damage. It looks yeah. like. Well, I'm going to say this is probably a developing situation here. Uh, there will be a lot more about this as the goodness. day goes on. Yeah. All right. Suffice it to say that it's 33 degrees. It is eight o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. For the mo- 
Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Ellen K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, greetings. Welcome back on your Wednesday morning, May 3rd, 2023, 33 degrees in the capital city. Glad to have you back with us. And it is time. For another Lincoln Symphony Orchestra concert, the last one of the season. And uh, to get us ready for it, Ed Polachek, maestro of the Lincoln Symphony Orchestra, and of course, concert master Anton Miller in for yeah. the first time this season. Yeah. Good morning, Anton. Good to see good you. Good morning. You been? Really happy to be here. Yeah. Been great. Been busy, but yeah. great. Very good. Yeah. And Ed, hello. Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing spectacularly Season's well. Season's almost over. Can I'm you believe not, it? No, he was, was just, just saying, saying that in the honestly, car. He's like, it's over? Yeah. How can it be over? Unbelievable. And you know, the orchestra's been playing for the American Ballet Theater this, this week <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, at the lead center um and we just did a concert i think it was like a week or two yeah, ago it's it just it's been it's been a, a very busy yeah. season all around for the and it's great it's right. just great it's terrific that we get to play this much and get to get the you know and get the exposure a great <laughs> great company like american ballet theater are you kidding yeah but we we saved the best for last Ooh, oh, okay yeah. Okay, you wouldn't have said that when you were promoting your first concert, right? <laughs> but now it's okay. Now it's now it's okay. This one, you know, this is not as good as what's coming down the road, but we still love for you to come. You know. Uh, okay, well, you don't uh, do well, Jack. I'm yeah, sorry. I do. I do. Well, what do we have coming up? By the way, it's uh, what Sunday night is the uh, is the show six yep, o'clock. Six yeah. o'clock. Uh, it's, it's an early show. It's an yeah, early yeah. show. We we do it's this a Sunday. We yeah. very yeah, right. often do this uh, at the end of the season because. We do our Golden Baton Awards afterwards, so we like to, you know, set aside time so that we can have the awards, a little uh, noshing and drinking and, and socializing and kind of celebration. Did you say of the noshing whole. and drinking, yeah, yeah right. noshing. Ooh. <laughs> it's, it's a very Jewish way of putting it. But yes. Fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, um, and and uh, but. Uh, the concert at six o'clock is going to open with one of the greatest violinists of our time. <laughs> wait a minute, wait, wait, one of? <laughs> wait a minute, what are, what are you talking about? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I really Can you rephrase that. I, I, I misspoke. The uh. absolute, <laughs> incredibly greatest, most spectacularly talented, virtuosic okay, violinist wow. <laughs> of our time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So who's coming? Yeah. <laughs> They're kicking this guy out. <laughs> no, we we love. I mean, one one of the greatest privileges and and one of the finest times I ever have on the podium is when I get to work with Anton as soloist. You know, I mean, to have him as our concert master here in Lincoln is one of the greatest gifts we could possibly imagine. But really, you know, this guy does everything. He teaches. He has does chamber music. He solos. He concert. Everything is is easy peasy for him. And, but my and, favorite thing is to do the concerts out here and especially when we do our collaborations. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's like the best. Yeah. It really it, is. And to play for you, the audience out here. Why do you say the, that? It's a feeling you so when you're playing, you can feel what the audience Absolutely. what you get back from the audience. Mm-hmm. And so it just feels different in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. It just feels I feel like, you know, everybody appreciates 
what I'm doing, and that makes me play in a way that is yep. really for them. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's great. It's it's a total wonderful like symbiotic thing that goes on. So this is a Ukrainian piece, is that right? Starting starting off with a Ukrainian piece, yeah. And then there's a, another uh, concerto by Manuel Ponce, who's a Mexican okay. composer. Okay. So the U- Ukrainian piece is by a composer who's still alive, which okay. is kind of nice. Yeah. I know, and I know you guys have been trying to do modern still alive composers well, a lot. Yeah, there's it, been a real effort it's, for that. It's yeah. it's a platform that we a protocol that we really kind of want to set in stone because. There are so many, there's so much great music out there that's been overlooked um, of living composers, of past composers, but composers of color, women composers. You know, the the, the classical music world and, and uh, up through the 21st century in so many ways has been dominated by the old white men from from Europe, the Western civilization that was built from Bach on up, you know, or even before him, Vivaldi, etc. But um, there is a really a tremendous body of work that's that's terrific, and the, this first half of the program with this uh, uh, Ukrainian poem by uh, Yevgen, Yevhen, I think Yevhen uh, Stankovich, and then followed by this huge violin concerto, Manuel Ponce. It's just a fabulous, fabulous piece. A piece that I neither of these pieces I knew before, and I'm I'm just thrilled to be able to do them. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of the I, change in feel between a, a, a modern Ukrainian yeah, piece yeah, and yeah, a Mexican yeah, piece. Yeah, like yeah exactly. Too. That's yep. why it's called International Voices. What is like, <laughs> There you go. It all makes sense now. Thank you. That, that's great, Anton. Tell me, tell me a little bit about about these pieces and why you're excited about well, them. Well, so so the I love the pairing of the Ukrainian piece and the Mexican piece because both composers were really into you know kind of like doing folk themes from their various countries sure. and. And um, so it's kind of like you, you in the Ukrainian piece, it's a beautiful piece. And it's got a, a trajectory that starts with just beautiful melodies. And then it has turmoil in the middle of it. And then the end, everything is sort of resolved. So it has, a, it feels like it kind of has a story. It's about an eight, nine minute piece. And it's just, it, it's beautiful all the way through, but really dramatic and, you know, has these gorgeous melodies and stuff. And then the Ponce, um, Ponce was a really interesting composer. I think he was like a child prodigy. And so when he was like five years old or something, he wrote his first piece when he got the measles. Mm-hmm. And he called it the March of the Measles. <laughs> so yeah. So, but he was he was the first sort of international Mexican composer. That well, that's people, what I was going to say. I haven't heard. I mean, I don't yeah. think I've heard you say a whole lot. Maybe I'm forgetting it. But that you're doing a a piece of a Mexican oh, composer before. Yeah. 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 And one of my favorite uh, things about Ponce was that he was really prolific, and so he did a lot of writing, and he did a lot of teaching, and, and various things. He was involved in a lot of stuff, but he used a pseudonym sometimes, and it was an anagram of his name, and it was. No way, Mac Pullman <laughs> from Manuel Ponce. <laughs> no way. Okay, Mac right. yeah. Pullman. Like, yeah. like, like, why did he come up with that? Like, what was he doing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's just interesting mind. I would say yeah, the way exactly. he did. right. He, he wrote actually a very famous song. This is the only way I knew him. Actually, was a kind of a pop song called Estraita. Is that Estraita? The, yeah. Estra- What's that being little star? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey nicely nice Spanish, done. Yes, like wow. me. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and um, there's even a, re- a slight, just a very slight reference to it in the second movement. And, you know, it, it kind of just titillizes you and it just this tantalization that pulls you and then gone you know yeah. and it was like but it's a brilliant piece and it really is. so so challenging for the, for the i don't know how he does it sounds like he has five hands <laughs> we I do actually <laughs> will we will people who haven't heard any of these pieces they hear it will they hear the 
you know, I mean, obviously they're different pieces, but will you hear like these sound like these came from different parts of the oh, world? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No question about yep. it. No yeah. question about it. It's really cool that way. Yeah. I think. Because I think you, when you think of Ukrainian music, when you think of Ukrainian music being part of that whole Slavic front, right. you know, whether it's Polish, Russian, right. Slovak, Czech, uh, Hungarian, it has a, a certain kind of, well, they're like modes. They, they use certain kind of uh, 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 scales and, and keys that, that, and the melodies that, and they tend to tug at your heartstrings, you know, they're, um, the 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 oppression and the and the the sadness, but also with some of the joy and the celebration of what that life is all about. Oh, and then the Ponce, the the yeah. last moment, it's, it it sounds like a mariachi band. Yeah, okay, exactly. I wonder. So, yeah, dude, we got <laughs> like, I didn't want to ask, but I wondered that. Yeah. You know, mariachi. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you you know it, it, it's obvious. You know, if you didn't, if you didn't, it, have it the, totally sounds like Mexican folk themes. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. If you didn't have the program in front of you, you'd guess yeah. it. You'd be able yeah. to guess it. How long have you been with LSO? Oh my You've been coming in here for, for since the for, beginning since I was doing time. This. Yeah, I've, I've before time. you were born. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't much. think so. <laughs> Do you know that my first year was 1986? Oh my goodness! <laughs> before I was born. <laughs> that really is before I was born. I know. I know. I'm looking at you. I'm like that. That's for sure. It's way before you were born. <laughs> Four years. Oh my god. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that was. That's happen. crazy. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, so you've seen this for this thing for a long oh, man, time. I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of curious about then your thoughts having that long of a of you on Lincoln Symphony Orchestra in the in the city and everything else like the, the place has has really blossomed i gotta say you know from from the first time i came out and i always liked it when i first came out i was like oh this is a really cool town but it has grown so much i mean there's just so much stuff now here yeah. like there wasn't all that stuff there wasn't right. i mean just restaurants and venues and you know all this stuff right. there were always the bars yeah. so you always yeah. had that yeah. but all the other stuff has just grown so much yeah I mean, it's amazing it's really it's, it's, i it's always cool. like hearing you guys' perspective on oh, it's, it it's great. people who have been in uh, spent a lot of time obviously and i, and I tell cities. everybody that when you know when i go i travel a lot and i tell everybody you know you got to go to lincoln because there's i mean it, there's a lot of good stuff huh. as, as you guys know it's yeah. an amazing actually the, the the city has an amazing arts culture of all painting and all the fine arts are represented in a very very strong way now <clears throat> i'm in my 24th season and you're just I, a baby it <laughs> <laughs> was 13 oh, years at that point yeah, doing really. some quick math you know, jeez I started when i was only three years old here i mean i was just amazing i was rather, <laughs> rather precocious we had but, to teach him but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> but uh, uh i've seen it also like as anton was saying about the the uh restaurants uh, and and look what's gone on down at the Haymarket and and everything else and it's just I remember uh, uh, a few years back just three four five years ago every time you'd fly into Lincoln all you'd see are these huge cranes of buildings going up you know yeah. and they're you know to a large extent they're they're still here yeah. by the way there's still another piece on this program yeah the Brahms piece right, yeah, right. yeah. I was gonna say yeah. that there, oh, there's, there's another piece yeah well, <laughs> wait, wait a minute oh we gotta can that one <laughs> <laughs> just re let's just recycle everybody's gonna want to hear the solos again. Yeah, that's right. We'll do a second time. We're actually, gonna, we normally don't do this, but after intermission, we're going to replay we're those. We thought they were so Doc good. Dark Yeah. Tell me about the Brahms piece, then. Well, it's it's a it's a the second symphony of Brahms, and it's it's a symphony that we actually haven't done in quite a while. I think it's well over 10, 15 years now. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, we've done the first, the third, and the fourth more more often than the second. And the second is, um, in my book. I mean, the way I look at this piece, I find it some of the most celebratory 
joyous, happy music of Brahms, because Brahms tends to be, you know, very intense and on the more somber side. Um, and there's moments of that in this in this symphony too. But he just seemed to uh, let her go, and you know, the brass at the end of the last movement just blows everybody away. It's like these huge fanfares and the excitement that 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 goes on. And ironically, the letter that he wrote to his publisher was, "Oh." This is one of the most melancholic symphonies I've ever written. You could hardly bear it. I've never written anything so sad. And I'm like, he must have had more than his tongue in his cheek on that one because I just, I don't get it, you know. Yeah. It's just, it, but it's a fabulous symphony. Well, and it's nice for the trumpets to get to show off every once in a while. Oh, and, and the horns, too, right? and the trombones, and the tuba. Yeah, the, yeah. All, the, the whole brass, brass right? section. They're exactly. like, oh, God, can we They're hear more back about... there? <laughs> all these, there's like Twiddling 40, their thumbs. there's like 800 miles. <laughs> in this thing. And they got all those notes and, to play. Right, and we exactly. sit back here. What sit are we doing? in the front, right? <laughs> all, right? All of that situation. I'm glad. I used to be a brass player once a long time ago, so I'm happy that they get that moment to close out there the season. Go. That's the only reason we yeah. program. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing this summer, Ed? I'm curious. Um, I'm going to go back to what I did during the pandemic, which means I'm going to be a couch potato watching oh, Law, Law and Order. Order. Yeah, You've been through them all, haven't you? You've uh, three seen times. them all. Yeah, exactly. So I figured Find something a, new, man. A fourth time well, you know, I, I one of the things I you, just, have, you have a streaming services, right? To get <laughs> there, that, there are other things. It's not you don't just pay for the single show, you know. Right? Okay. You know, I'm, but I, one of the things I love doing is gardening, and uh, I, I don't have a, a large backyard because I live right in the city in Baltimore, right off a of park, Patterson Park. But I, but it's filled with with uh, beds and flowers and just a few. Uh, uh, perennials, but mostly annuals, and I go nuts over it. And I also have a fish pond, so I I I, I putter. I really do, and I'll I'll be doing a lot of studying too. Yeah, I don't have the kind of busy summer that that Anton has. You can be Anton all over the place, all over the, place. <laughs> all over the but globe. You know what? But you know what? I moved, so I'm not in Connecticut anymore. Oh really? I live in Reykjavik, Iceland. Really? Yeah. Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. What's so, the uh, summer going to be like in Iceland? Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be there this summer. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Then. It's Never beautiful, mind. but I'm not going to see it. <laughs> Very good. Well, man, the whole time I'm always trying to get Ed to take me up to Baltimore sometime. Now, well, actually, now you got to come to Iceland. You know what? I'd right? probably just rather go to Iceland. Sorry, <laughs> Forget Baltimore. Well, yeah. hey, you know you can fly through Baltimore and go. That's right, true. You know, That's true. Hey, you got a good baseball team there I this year too. Say, wow, I've got, good, I've right? got the best Orioles in a while in Camden Yards. They're good now. So you. You come and I'll treat you. Very cool. I'll even buy the beers and hot dogs for you. Sounds good. All right. Someday I'm going to take you up on that. Guys, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank uh, you. Really Thank appreciate you. what you both do for, um, you know, not only not only for your work with the symphony, but just being advocates for the city, too, and the fine arts here and the people here. Thank you. Um, it comes through all the time, and That's I appreciate great. it a yeah. lot. But and, it's easy to do, Jeff, yeah, because it really it's is. such a fabulous community. Well, and it, we love it. We totally love it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an important thing that, that you guys do, and it means something from people who are from other parts of the yeah. country or, or world in yeah. some cases. Yeah. So, Everybody's looking right. in on Lincoln. Show's coming up Sunday night. International Voices at the Lead Center, 6 o'clock. Go to Lincoln's Symphony, lincolnsymphony.com, uh, and you can get tickets right there and get out to the show. Guys, have a great show. Thank and have a great you, summer. Yeah. I'm going to miss you. We'll I might see you during the summer. I might be Ooh, back out. Okay, you know, just, good. just to do some fun. Very good. Yeah. Good Good luck with everything you've got, Thanks. Anton. And we'll Thank see you. you next season, I'm sure. Definitely. Right? Yep. Thank you, Jeff. There you go. Anton Miller, Ed Polachek. 825, we'll take a break. Telling K today with Jack and Friends, KLIM. 
He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's old-timers day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. Ah, yes, John Bishop. Well, I went through a... A couple of mayoral elections with on this show, 2000, let's see, 2007 and 2011, I believe. Uh, I think that's right, John. Two of them. I think that's yeah, right. Yeah, 2007 uh, would have been uh, Beitler Sabota, and 2011 would have been Beitler Buffington. Uh, if I recall correctly, I did debate. <laughs> I moderated. I believe that was the one that got you into the Twitter spat with. Uh... Uh, what's his what's his face wasn't it because we were because we were we were lamenting the fact that uh it didn't seem like there was a very serious candidate and uh oh that's right who did i get in who was powers oh yeah that with him yes that was the weirdest reason for him to be mad at me yes i i i bet yes i was oh my gosh yeah that was (laughs) one of one of several during that era. Yeah, uh, I think that it? was the first, Jeez, though. I, I think told, that was the first. I totally had forgotten about that. Yeah, we don't see each other on social media much anymore. Uh, That's because a I've good thing. shut off all of the, the channels where that could actually happen. But nonetheless, that actually was that 2011 race. That was the, um, I guess it's still to be determined because there's still votes counted, but that was... Of of all the ones that we've got records for, I can get online. Two thousand seven. That was the only one that was less close than the one that happened yesterday. Actually, interestingly enough, uh, Beitler Beitler Sabota was very close. That was like eight hundred votes. That seems like a long time ago. Yeah, uh, yeah and then and then um, Beitler and Andy Stebbing was closer. Lamb and Larry and Gaylor Baird was closer. All closer than than this one. Um, that, that went down and it's crazy because I, you know, looking at the primary results, it was about 50, 50 between the two Republicans and Republicans combined and the, and the Democrats. So I kept thinking, okay, this could be a late night. This could be something where we're talking about in the morning. And, uh, apparently I was dead wrong on that. So I'm not very good at making political projections or predictions, I guess. Well, you know, and, and of course the, the turnout for the primary is so much lower than the general. And we saw, what was it? Six, 7% more uh, than projected. Yeah, it was out. like 44%. Yeah. Which and they were projecting what? 70,000 some votes. Yeah. So, you know, if, if anything, all the advertising certainly worked in the sense it got voters out, you know, in, in bigger numbers, but um, you know, you find out, and I think, you know, a lot of uh, Democrats who were, you know, mobilized new, hey, you know, they're going to split votes between their side. So all we need to do is, you know, just finish, finish in the top two and be fine. And and so the, the, I, I was with you, I thought because of how the primary went, that it would be a close, close race. But, you know, obviously there were a lot more people who uh, were mobilized to come out and vote for the mayor um than than we had anticipated or maybe maybe it had anticipated and uh and and it certainly worked i mean i i've never you know i watch a lot of stuff on streaming now and um like b-roll commercials come up and i i never saw so many for a lincoln race before you know a mayoral race uh, 10, um, 10 11 ran 10 11 ran a news story they actually talked to their sales team 
um, and I, I should have thought of this, but they talked to the sales team. They said they had nine times the advertising for the, since compared to the last mayoral race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were it was nine being bought times. everywhere. That's a that's a huge increase. Um, this and 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 again, it worked. It got people out to the polls. Um, but uh, yeah, to see that kind of an increase in in this election, you can tell how much it was prioritized to try to you know, try to eradicate the last blue island on in the sea of red. Yeah. But uh it didn't work. The just talking about turnout, um, which you had you had mentioned, so it was it was at let me pull this up again. Seventy seven thousand votes cast so far. And I don't think that counts the additional three thousand uh that they're so gonna add around in. it to so eighty. It'll yeah. be eighty thousand which will be 40, almost 45% probably or so, 45% of voter turnout. Going back to that 2011 race that we were talking about, the voter turnout for that one, and again, this is 12 years ago, so it was a little bit, you know, there's 155,000 total registered voters then. Um, let's see, do I have that number here, what it is now? I don't, and there's 176,000 now, so about 20,000 more. But the turnout in that one was 33,000, 33,000 ballots cast. Wow. The turnout percentage, 21.4. Incredible. And it was the same, I mean, it was basically the same same situation. You had a, a mayor running for, at that time, his second term. Uh, you had the you had four different city council seats open. You had mm-hmm. airport authority that was open, um, and you had three board of education spots that were that were open. Um, although it felt like felt like there was a lot less. You know, it just says something about just political. You do see forty five percent. You're like, boy, it's less than half the people who are registered to vote who are actually picking the leaders here. But my goodness, that's more than doubled in percentage. Yeah. Since since well, again, that's that's the money. I mean, that's the money that was spent. The you know, you got you had billboards on the interstate, you know, mm-hmm. promoting the election. I'm driving towards Omaha and I'm seeing Geist billboards. Right. <laughs> you know, because uh, and and you know, and and it's been this way for for a while. So I mean, this thing was really a lot more in our face than a lot of other city elections have been. Uh, so, you know, and I, and listen, you know, we can, we can hear and lament all we want about, you know, money where it's coming from and all that other stuff, but I'm glad that, you know, if anything, it got people to come out and, and vote and, uh, and, and, and be a part of the race because, I mean, this is the, these are the, these are the elections, in my opinion, that really matter. We, we get inundated with all the national stuff all the time. But, you know, this is the stuff that really impacts us right here, where we live every single day. You know, the the, the mayor, the city council, the school board, the airport authority, you know, all of those things that impacts us every single day. We It's just proportionally because of how we absorb news and how news is delivered. It feels like what the president is doing, what Congress is doing, what, you know, the House is doing is, is you know, more important, but it really isn't. And and, and that's why I, I'm glad that we're seeing bigger turnout for local elections, because, you know, these are the folks who actually craft the policy that, you know, impacts our day to day lives. We I remember you and I, we had fun after one of these elections. Maybe it was that 2011 one. I think it was just in terms of how successful uh, Democrats were on that one, and we had the left world order drop and, and all of those things. But, <laughs> That's right. But uh, and they had another night kind of like that 
last night. Um, you had one Republican who won the city council, but you, you were, you know, you were, you were the news director back here prior to that as well. Like, does it feel like, does it feel like Lincoln is changing with its political makeup? Does it feel like it's kind of where it was is when you remember covering this a little bit more closely? I'll be honest with you. No, it really isn't, you know, and, and, and I think that's a big reason why the mayor won last night. You know, again, people look around and they, they, they experience, you know, what it is they experience on a day to day basis. And, you know, while the city has certainly changed, I've lived here 30 years now. Um, while the city has changed, there's still a lot of, uh, you know, Lincoln that is, that has been maintained. And, and that's, you know, granted, when you're when you're kind of on the outside now, I mean, I remember back to the days of the you know the fire chief controversy, yep. the fire union controversy, and yep. those types Kobe of things. Kobe talked. And, I remember right when I started here, that was Kobe was all over that every afternoon. And and and, 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 and so you kind of get buried in that little bit of minutia. But you know, to the to the to John Q. Citizen, to Jane Q. Citizen, those types of things really don't matter uh, a lot. Um, and, and, you know, outside of the pandemic, which of course affected everybody, not just the city of Lincoln, um, you know, the city came out of it in, in pretty decent shape. And, and I think because of that, you know, that's why I, I don't, I don't want to get on a soapbox here and be critical of, you know, the, the advertising, cause we've kind of had fun with the whole crime town bit and everything mm-hmm. else, but you know, you can't when when you're trying to to inject certain national talking points into a race like this it can really fall on deaf ears and that's and i just thought it was it was silly you know when when i'm seeing videos and seeing tweets about you know how crime ridden the city is and i'm thinking man <laughs> it seems like the same town i've been in and i've lived in some interesting neighborhoods in this town yeah, you know, so um, and 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 I've never felt like this was a an unsafe yeah. city. And so I think, you know, those types of things can backfire. Yeah, that was a gamble. I think that was a gamble. It, it, was, it, and it, it was a gamble. It was and probably, it quite, quite, quite honestly, it wasn't a very smart one because it just doesn't reflect the reality of the situation. You or at know, least the perception, honestly, at very least the perception of a lot of people. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, a lot more people are going to be ticked off when there's too many potholes in the street. Or there's there's you know there's there's places you can't get around to, or the property taxes soar out of control. Those are the things that you know we, we tend to focus on a lot more. Sure, crime is a big issue and can be in local elections, but, but it's got to be there first. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can't you can't just try to pull something out of thin air because that type of messaging works in Portland or works in Chicago. You can't just pull that messaging and say it works here in Lincoln because I, I don't know anybody in this town that doesn't feel safe in this town. I, and I, I don't want to make it sound like there's not crime in this city, but it, it's not it's not this, you know, hellscape that, you know, some of those ads tried to make you feel. And listen, I get it. Sometimes that can work. But you see this in local elections. The people that really care are the ones that vote. More people turn out for national elections because that's the stuff that's in your face all the time. And it's, you know, it's 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 kind of the thing to do. It's the city elections where the you know, the real rubber meets the road. And and if there are people out there that are like, man, this 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 messaging doesn't make sense. It's going to backfire on. you. Yeah, I yeah, I don't I mean, for right or for wrong, I just there aren't there aren't people who are afraid of actually being a victim. 
as, no. as many of being a victim of the crimes, even though that they are they are up. I just don't know that there's a palpable fear that there was to play to in some of those situations. Um, and that might have been, you know, I don't know. That might have been what happened um, with with that whole thing. But nonetheless, you know, you get. But like you said, I think a lot of times you sort of get on talking points. This works in races. This is what we're going to do. And politics is local, different places. And and uh, what works someplace might not work another place. You I, know, and that's and, and that's the thing. You know, the city. You know, we've seen you've you've seen it too. I mean, the growth in this city has been an, you know, unbelievable. You know, I was we were thinking back. You know, what we my wife and I celebrated our anniversary, and I remember we had our our um our reception at Lincoln Station, and when you went out the back door, all you saw was an empty field. And now, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the way this city has grown, not just downtown, but everywhere. Uh, you know, it's a and and when you look at things like that, it's 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 easy to run a campaign, you know, when when a city is is prospering. And I think Lincoln is prospering mm-hmm. um, and, and it's very encouraging to see that. Um, and and when when folks day to day see that kind of stuff, you, you tend to get, you know, incumbents tend to win because and that's why, you know, g- give credit where credit is due. You know, we've had nothing but Democrat mayors since. 19 what 98 99 whenever johan's last year was and the city just continues to progress progress forward um that doesn't mean that they've been perfect mayors i'm not trying to suggest that at all but no i don't think the city appears to be thriving you know um there's not a lot of motivation for people to want to make change yeah uh sorry to make you talk about politics but you know we have we have a we have a history of talking about this stuff in the past and so i was kind of curious what you uh what you thought uh, how I, I've got to go back to this volleyball thing because it is man I've got had people calling during what chaps your hide Wednesday that couldn't get tickets and they're frustrated and now they have to pay at minimum fifty dollars a ticket to get into this thing if they want to they don't know where the prices are going to go like I, I'm I'm just curious what did you see this coming when they said they were going to do this how surprised are you by by the fact that they have this that the market for this is just through the roof i i, I want to say i'm surprised but i i'm really not you know um <laughs> it, it, this was this was a chance to to make a statement and you know and it's a perfect time to do it late summer you know right before the start of football season um you know and 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 now and i don't know i don't know how realistic it is um but uh, you know john cook wants him to go for a world record um and and, and it's it might be within reach you know i so i'm not really i, I guess like i said i i, I want to be surprised but i'm really not um i had someone try to suggest to me yesterday that the you know the ticket brokers were the ones who you know grabbed up a lot of those seats and i don't deny that they you know got their share but who for a minute doesn't think that people aren't going to you know at the end of the day especially if they are really going for a record let's say they're able to you know swing it logistically with seating in the stadium that will be that will instantly become a hot ticket um on the secondary market because people will want to be there they'll want to be a part of it they want to say they were there um yeah but, uh, it, it it's it's extraordinary. It really is. Um, and, and, and I think, um, I, I really hope that, you know, they make an effort. They meaning Trev Alberts, big 10 conference to put this match on network TV. Cause it's going to be a huge event. Oh, 
It's they should, get, you, know, you know, it should. I bet every other event that's up there in the top five most attended had huge distribution sure. on television. Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah, it'll be a Big Ten. Games, it'll be a, right? Yeah, it'll be a Big Ten controlled broadcast, so it'll be on either BTN or FS1. But honestly, I mean, you could put this on Big Fox because it's a, it's it's an hist- it's a history making event. You know, and and a, and a real chance to make a statement, not just for volleyball, but for women's sports. Yeah. Um. And and just to show, you know, how much how much passion exists for that. Um. And and, and you know, now we're hearing other schools. We're hearing Oklahoma softball. You know, wondering if they could do something similar in their stadium because they've got a product they're very proud of. And oh listen, man, if this, <laughs> if this means Texas tries to beat Nebraska or Penn State tries to beat, go for it, please. With all, try it. Let's see if it works. And it, I mean, volleyball coach has been saying for years, we got to grow this thing. We got to, we got to get more attention for this sport. Well, this is, this could be a huge event in all of that. Yeah. Maybe it's the thing too, Jack, that someday, you know, we see the NCAA tournament played in, you know, dome stadiums. Who's to say that maybe someday we might not see Nebraska volleyball playing in a Final Four at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles? Jeez. I mean, it, 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 you you laugh now, but yeah. I mean this 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 has shown what is possible out there um, if you really put your mind to it. Now you got me wondering who are all, if Oklahoma is thinking their their sport their big women's sport is softball. They could yep. do that. Maybe UConn's going to try. They don't have a big enough football field at UConn to put a basketball game there, but. But if LSU, you, yeah, if you went like into a dome or something. You know what? LSU. Mulkey's going after it. I bet with a basketball game at uh, at she Death could. Valley. LSU's trying to get Iowa to come down. Yeah, LSU. Oh, L- L- oh that's gee, oh, that's what could beat it. That's oh, it. That's the yeah. perfect storm. Outdoor LSU Iowa basketball rematch well, or Superdome at the Superdome. Ooh, the Superdome. That's what could maybe beat it. Although I don't know if it would, I still think, I honestly don't know if it would. I still think I, I Wisconsin and Texas are going to team up against Nebraska and play at the Cotton Bowl. And I say, go for it, go for it, please. Here's my invitation. But but the thing is, unless somebody tries to cut in line here in the next three months, Nebraska is going to do it first. Yeah, yeah, they're going to do it first, and 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 they're really going to have a chance to to show off. I mean, this is of all the things Nebraska fans have done historically over the decades. This is this is going to be right up there. And if there is a chance, and I, again, I don't know if there is, but if there is a chance they could try to set a world record, it would it would be their greatest accomplishment. Oh, they're they're going to try. They at least a share. They a hundred percent. If I know anything about John Cook, there's no way that he would shy away from. He would be all about trying to figure that out. I don't know how. Uh, and I don't know the Can numbers. Can they put how the seats numbers on work. top of Old Father Hall? That's what I want to know. Can we get <laughs> just a like Wrigley, right? <laughs> just like the old rooftops at Wrigley. That'd be is great. that new? Uh, what, are, what are they called? What's that skinny uh, skyscraper the lead, there? The uh, lead place. Yeah, can they? Can you see True. into the stadium from True. there? I'm not sure if you can. Technically, but. attendance. I don't know. That'd they're going to double the seating in the media booth. No, they're just going to have standing room only fans milling around back in the media <laughs> box in the press box. That's what each each suite will have about fifty people in it. It'll be great. It'll be great. Oh, it'll be fantastic! It, 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 and 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 congratulations too. I mean, Lincoln Business Community. This is going to be an eighth home game. That's a great point. Going to be an a, eighth. I home hadn't game. even thought of that. That's yep. a gr- that's huge. It is that's a great and, you point. Because you, you know, a lot of people came yep. are coming from out of town. 100%. You know, it's going to be a 
it's going to be a big deal and maybe even a trial on a school night too (laughs) well that's the other thing jack it could also be a trial run because you know nebraska's playing you know illinois on friday night it could be another trial run for you know football hosting a midweek game all right uh good to talk to you thanks for your perspective john have a good show today and we will talk to you later all right all right we'll see you there you go john bishop from sister station 1620 the zone it's 856 wrap up the show after this on klin you're listening to lnk today with jack and friends on 1499.3 klin all right that is it for the show tomorrow is thursday we have baseball tickets to give Chicago away? Chicago tickets. Ooh, Chicago. The concert. Chicago's coming. Pinewood Bowl. Yes. Very nice. Not tickets to Chicago. Tickets to see Chicago <laughs> play at Pinewood Bowl. So we'll have that for Ticket Thursday. That'll be at 710 tomorrow. Also, spot for Grow Lincoln. New restaurants, retail restaurants. Hopefully mostly opening in the capital city. That'll be at 810. And then Greg Sharp at 835. Dan Parsons is back this afternoon from 5 to 6. So tune him in. Show number three for Dan. That's it for us. We will see you tomorrow. We end at 46 degrees in the capital city. It's 9 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln.